Hi, my name is Michaela McDaniel. I have been coming to the Heights Baptist since I was two years old. I was lucky to really get connected with the youth group here, and through the youth group, I got to serve in the children's ministry, where I found my passion for the children and teaching them about Jesus. And I'm lucky enough to still be in children's ministry today. I'm on staff here at the Heights now in the children's ministry, and I am loving every minute of getting to disciple to the children and, and show them God's love. My name is Brittany. I've been in this church, been a member of this church since I was about 10 years old. Um, I've been a member of the Youth Performing Arts Choir under the direction of Angela Tony. When I was in sixth grade, I sang in YPAC for sixth grade all the way up until my 12th grade year. It brought me back here today because I just love to worship with lots of other great Christians. Hey, my name's Jordan West, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for believing that the next generation matters now. As someone who grew up in this church since I was a baby, I had so many people who invested in my life as life group teachers and people who discipled me personally. And as a result, I'm someone who's passionate about full-time ministry. And, and I could not do that unless people like you invested in me. I am a product of people that believe that the next generation matters now. Hi, I'm Amber Connor, and I grew up in the church. I'm just so thankful that people like Jerry Witt and the ladies that lead the high school and middle school small groups for the girls were able to pour into me and encourage me to serve in the church as I came into adulthood. And I appreciate so much that the church wants to pour into the next generation and truly believes that it matters now. And I'm thankful that my boys will grow up in an environment where people will push them to that. 100 years. Wow, you did it. Congratulations. You've been sharing the love of Christ with your community for a really long time. And I'm the product of that love. Let me tell you a little something about me that you may not know. I actually am a recovering drug addict. And my brother is too, by the way. Our parents drug us to church every single Sunday. The audacity that they had. But thank God that they did that because it gave you the opportunity to invest in me and invest you did. When I was a little tiny kid, through kids' worship and Sunday school, through youth ministry, retreats and camps, and all the different ways that you invested in me, you actually even hired me one summer to let me work at the church. You had some guts. And that investment you made in me is paying off now in the lives of many, many people. For the last 20 years, I've had the opportunity to pastor three churches, one in Virginia, one in North Carolina, and now in Southwest Florida. And I want to thank you, Heights Fellowship for taking the time to invest in one kid. Happy anniversary and congratulations. Isn't that exciting? Man, I gotta, I gotta tell y'all something funny. So I, I, I observe most of the things we're gonna do on Sunday morning before we do them. And I, I'd watched that video a couple of times and it was in the middle of the last service when they were playing the video. It was the first time I realized that most of our Midlothian staff are people who were children that grew up in this church. I, I mean, I, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Everybody out there we used to be a, a child here. And uh, I, I just, boy, that kind of adds some new meaning to what we just witnessed on the stage here this morning, doesn't it? Uh, of what these kids can grow up to be and do right here in our church, throughout our community, our, our state, and even around the United States. That was, uh, as you saw there, Philip Ham. Ham's a 
pretty popular name here around the Heights. Uh, Philip and, and Buddy, our campus pastor at Midlothian, both grew up here in the church uh, under their parents, Bob and Sparky. They're the ones that said something about let them into drugs and addict. I don't know. But Bob and Sparky Ham, long, long time members here at the Heights. And uh, man, that, that's exciting to see. We are in the midst of our 100-year celebration here at the Heights. This is our third of six weeks. Each week, we're looking at a core value of the church. And our core value we're looking at today is the next generation. It matters right now. That is our core value. And again, folks, as I, I look at what we saw here today, and you know, this was multi-generational choir Sunday. You know, that's kind of become a cue to us, right, that we're going to see the children and youth in here today. But you know, our, our goal is not displaying our children and youth. That's not why they were out here. Our goal is that you and I get to observe, we get to witness all of the generations Not just worshiping together, but leading in worship together. That happened here at this campus. It happened out at our our Heights campus. That's a a smaller campus than right here, but yet doing doing the very same thing. And when I see them all up here worshiping like that from a whole age range, in my mind, now this is the runner coming out in me, but I kind of see that. That gold medal Olympic relay team perfectly handing the baton with speed and agility and accuracy from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. You know, as you go through the scripture, it really is a story of passing the baton. I I mean, right from the very beginning in Genesis... It's a passing of God's promise from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Those three names are mentioned over and over in a passing the baton type of sense. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And not just the promises of God, but even the ministry. Moses gives it to Joshua. Elijah gives it to Elisha. Jesus gives it to the disciples. Paul gives it to Timothy. There's this constant handing off to the next generation. And I, I, I think I have the passage where that all got started. Look with me this morning at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy, fifth book into your Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I'm going to begin in verse 4. Deuteronomy 6, 4. It says there, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That that, that passage I just read may be one of the most important passages in the entire Bible. And that's not just my opinion, that's Jesus' opinion. And I'm going to go with him. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, remember there was a story in the New Testament where some folks walked up to Jesus and said, hey, what's the most important command in the whole Bible? And Jesus took him to Deuteronomy 6.4. He said, this is the first command. This is the great 
commandment. Now, knowing that Jesus just identified the greatest commandment in all of Scripture, notice what follows right after that. Not, not like, okay, they talked about this and then look at what they next talk about. No, no, no. They're seamless. There's this great command. And out of that idea, the very next thing said is, you got to get this to the kids. You, you've got to get this to the next generation. And, and we see here, it's, it's displayed inside a home. We might say a biological home, mom, dad, kids. It would be just as true in a spiritual home. We have to get it to the, to the kids. But when I look at the whole story of Scripture and all that's going on there, I don't think we should think of the next generation as just kids. I think every single one of us has the responsibility to be handing it off to the next generation. If, if you're 70, what's the generation right behind you? If you're 50, what's the generation right behind you? You know you have their attention. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm somebody in their 50s. I'm looking at 60 and 70-year-olds. Hey, what does it look like up there? What, what's it look like to follow the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to, to deal with the situations of life up there? I mean, we ought to always, hey, they're looking, let's, let's hand it off. Hey, here's what it looks like to follow the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord. How am I helping? How am I encouraging somebody in their 40s and 30s? See, every one of us individually ought to be thinking about who am I handing it to right behind me? You know, we started the year with our theme, Be One Who Leads One. Be One Who Leads One to worship, to connect, to serve, to reach. Let me add an idea to that. Not a, not a fifth word, not, not an other, uh, another idea, but kind of an overarching idea. Be One Who Leads One right behind you. Be one who leads one in that generation right behind you. Join the story of Scripture making sure you are, we are, passing it off. So that's how we might each individually be thinking about that. But back to Deuteronomy 6. When when we gather as a family, man, we're thinking about how we hand it to those children. And we're all going to play a little bit different role in that but, but what I hope we see today, folks, is it's not just an event or an activity. Hey, y'all need to do this so that we're handing it off. It's a whole mentality. It's a mentality that says, hey, as a church, we all play a part in how this happens. You, you know, when, when we say the next generation matters now, that, that, that word now, that's really important. It, you know, I, I, it expresses a sense of urgency, doesn't it? And I don't imagine there's a continent, I don't imagine there's a period in history when it's not urgent. But would I be too far off to say that right now in 2020 America, at least in our nation, it may be more urgent than it's ever been before. Right now is when every one of us needs to be thinking how we get this to the next generation. Here at the Heights, we think that's so important. We have a whole team of people that help us to do that. And I want you to see them and and get to know them a little bit this morning. I've asked them to join me. You guys come on up here right now. Jerry Witt leading the way. This is our next generation lead pastor. Jerry's been with us 19 years this month. 
Isn't that incredible? 19 years. And uh, next to him, Will Wachowski, our uh, eight, six years. Six years as yeah. our youth pastor, eight years. I, I got eight, it, eight right here with Brandy Petroff. She's eight years with our uh, preschool ministry. And then Eric Heatherly here with our children's ministry. And three years doesn't just sound that impressive in the company you keep. It, it, it hardly sounds like you're, you're trying. You're pedaling as fast as you can, though. I know. But, uh, hey, folks, let me tell you something. For all of us, this team helps us work with wisdom, work with excellence, and work with great passion at, at what it means to that, that the next genera- generation matters right now. So you got, we got you guys up here. Since this is your heart and life, why don't you tell us why it matters right now? Well, thank you. I'd love to do that. And next generation, generation matters for a lot of reasons. One reason that the next generation will be adults someday in, in our church. That's one reason they matter. Uh, also, the church does not invest in next generation. That church is going to die out and, and close doors, which happens a lot in our world nowadays, right? The church did not invest in next generation. Uh, also, I think being invested in the next generation makes us all better followers of Christ, doesn't it? Uh, we hear the story all the time, Randy, like where and maybe after a student graduates from high school, they go to college, they drop out of church, but when they have children, they come back in the church again, and it helps us all be a, a better follower of Christ with your families, and when that happens yeah. as well, uh, it helps students fall in love with the church. I love the video we saw uh, on the, before your sermon started. Uh, those students fell in love with the church when they were elementary school and in children's ministry and, and also in our youth ministry. They fell in love with the church. And also, isn't it just exciting when the next generation's connected? Uh, makes the church more exciting, more fun, more engaging. You saw that a little bit this morning as well. And also, uh, it helps students connect them to a bigger story of what God is doing in the world and what they're part of. Yeah, yeah. Great answer, Jerry. Thank you very much. <laughs> That was a great answer, Jerry. Thank you. Um, I think it's it's cool to be talking about this in the scope of our 100-year anniversary. Um, Particularly, I'm thinking of Gen Z, which we we impact week in and week out, most specifically, um, and how uh, their posture of the world is, how they see the world. And and the word that's used to describe them most often is coping. They, They are a unique generation in that uh, they have access to technology like no generation has in the past. So they have this ability to connect with a global community and really see the fallenness of that community like no generation has mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they have it harder than a previous generation. It just means they have a greater understanding maybe on a global scale of just how difficult this world can be. Yeah, interesting thought. Yeah, and for me, you know, the next generation matters now, as Jerry said, because they are the window into what our future is going to look like. Uh, the, the teenagers, the, the elementary kids, the, the pre-K kids, uh, they're going to be our future business owners. Uh, they're going to be our future teachers, future politicians, uh, future teachers. And, and so much of what the world and America is going to become hinges on who this generation becomes. And, and we know that birth to 12th grade is, is the most formative years of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've all lead these ministries, 
and, and we have families sitting out here, and we're saying this matters now. So why is it important to be involved in these ministries? What, what happens when I get engaged as an adult, as a, as a family member, or, or as a child? Why, why is it so important to be involved in what you guys are doing? So if generationally they are at best coping, um, I think what we, we see with the church is we see this opportunity for authentic hope mm-hmm. and authentic connection, which the world can't offer. Um, these, these children, these students, they need other students and other adults who are a little bit older than them that are making a relational investment. And what we see is that can happen a lot of places. That can happen at a ball field. That can happen in a gymnasium or some sort of studio or can happen in the church. And as a a parent, I want to encourage you that while all of those places are good and they'll find some wonderful adults out there, there's nothing like the relational investment and the authentic hope and connection they're going to find inside of their church family. And consistency is important for children, especially for preschoolers, Um, not just in learning, but in building relationships and making connections with their peers and leaders. Um, Families who are active in our ministries are giving their children an opportunity to start building relationships and making good, strong connections, which will help support them and encourage them and possibly even carry them through some challenging situations in their life's journey. Yeah, as, as Brandy said, uh, consistency is big. Uh, consistency is where life change happens. Um, you know, one of our core values is a life shaped by the word, and, and that's hard to do uh, when, when you're not here at the church what God loves on a consistent basis. When you come, you know, once or twice a year or, you know, every couple months. Uh, we all know the stats of, of teenagers leaving the church when they graduate high school. And, and from my experience, what I've seen is that the students who, who leave the church, who leave their faith, are the ones who, they're, they're not really involved. They're not, they're not here on a regular basis. They're not consistent. But the ones who are consistent, the ones who are here on a regular basis and uh, involved and serving, are the ones who car- carry that torch into college in their adult lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would just add on to that, Randy. Not only that they, they're engaged in the church, but also they're serving in the church. We all have stories yeah. where, hey, I grew up going to church every Sunday morning, but when they graduate, they, they leave the church. Uh, that is not the case as much of a student uh, who is actively serving in the church growing up is that much plugged in. So, um, yeah, the part of being serving in the church is huge. And, and Eric's ministry, we did last service, but Eric's ministry is awesome. We have, like, I don't know, we have about 12 students who are serving in life 20. group. 20 students are in a life group right now, which is kind of new for us. It's probably the last couple of years that happened, and that's so critical uh, for students to be not only attending regularly, but actually be serving and being involved. Getting involved, yeah. You know, something I would add here, and I think we would all... We all understand you've heard this story. Maybe you're the one telling this story. As a matter of fact, my guess would be at least one-third of you would tell this story. And that's the story that goes like this. I had an experience with the Lord. I believe I came to the Lord when I was five, when I was six, when I was seven. But, right? And then, and then we, we veer off. And now somewhere around the age of 28, 32... 35, we're looking back on something that we think happened, thought happened when we're in a child, and it's so vague now. We're not even sure, do I have a relationship with the Lord? I actually do believe with all my heart that a six, seven-year-old can make a genuine, 
uh, begin a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. But then what happens next becomes so important. And we see so many that, that do veer off. So that just becomes a vague memory with, with no real definition. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting all the reasons that happened. It's the church's fault. It's the parents' fault. But it really what has not happened is discipleship. And that is the following of the Lord, the serving of the Lord with and among his, his people. And man, we, we, I think so many of us have an idea that, I, hey, I want my, my child to have an experience with the Lord. But then where does it, it go from, from there? So you guys have kind of given your lives to this. Why do you enjoy so much the role that you do? Well, for me, uh, probably like some of us can, can relate with, uh, my teenage years were the most formative years of, of my life of who I am and, and much of who I am and, and was developed in, in my high school years. And, and part of that is because of uh, adults in my life. Uh, I remember my Bible study leader, his name's Justin. Uh, he was a cool guy, but he loved Jesus and he loved the Word of God. And I wanted to emulate that so much. Uh, of how he lived his life. I wanted to live my life like him. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I see these teenagers today, uh, they're, they're in their formative years yet. And we have uh, around 50 adults uh, at our Colonial Heights campus, at our Midlothian campus, who invest in teenagers on a regular basis uh, and point them to a loving God, uh, point them to a, what a life uh, shaped by the Word of God looks like, and, and points them to a God who has a great future lined up for them. Wow. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I, I love a lot of reasons, but I get to invest in students at every life stage we have, from preschool to children to youth ministry, and also even goes to families as well. So I love seeing life change happen. I love seeing families uh, rescued and marriages renewed, uh, and I get a front row seat of all that stuff. Uh, uh, also, I love working with this team right here. They're passionate about what they do, and I'm passionate about what I do as well. So it's great to work with a team who loves the same things you love. And I was telling them, the, I think last week we are talking about this time, that hey, I'm living the dream, and I'm doing what God designed me to do. And so I'm so thrilled to be doing what I do in our church and have the opportunity to uh, work with this team. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that I get excited about is seeing a preschooler recite their memory verse and do the hand motions that go along with it that they've learned in the classroom. Um, There is just something so exciting to see the enthusiasm on their face and the confidence in the words that they're speaking and to know that they're already learning God's word, that it's already being instilled in their heart even at such a young age. Um, and, you know, preschoolers, um, they're not afraid to, to say it um, wherever they are. It doesn't matter where they are, who's around, who's listening. They want to exclaim it, and they get that urge, and they just shout it out loud. And I think it is so exciting that we are seeing little people already learning God's Word. Amen. Yeah, I think for me, um, I just kind of live by this philosophy as a children's pastor that, that church should be a place where kids have a lot of fun and they learn about Jesus. And it gets me really excited to see that happen. Um, I, I didn't come to know the, the grace of the Lord until I was 18 years old. Um, so when I see children you know, have Jesus become their Savior or Lord or they're growing in their relationship, that, that gets me really excited. And um, to see them excited about church, I, I want them to, to almost be upset if they can't make it for some reason. That, yeah. that this is a place they're yearning to be, to be at. They're, they're, they're fussing at mom and dad if, you know, there's a thing that gets in the way. And, and when I know that's happening and when parents share that with me, it gets me really excited about what we do here. Yeah, praise the Lord. You know, I, I was thinking as, as the four of them are sitting here, y'all probably should be asking the question, who's watching the kids? <laughs> 
you just mentioned you have like 50 adults? Uh, between Sunday and Wednesday, Between yeah. Sunday and Wednesday. What, what about you guys? A, a rough number? Uh, we have roughly 300 who rotate. Roughly 300. Okay, that's yeah. a number. <laughs> over 50 o- over students 50. and adults. And uh, I, I tell you, I've had a chance to, in different events with children and youth to hang around these adults. And this is an awesome group of adults. I mean, you think about, hey, I'm going to go serve the kids. You'd be blessed to hang out with the people who are serving our kids. It is a, it's a really awesome group of, of adults that we've got going there. So how, so how is your, uh, Brandy, why don't you start here? How is your ministry impacting the next generation? What, what specifically is it doing? So in the preschool ministry, we are in the business of planting seeds and building foundations. Um, children ages zero to four are learning at a more rapid rate than at any other time in their lives. So we want to take, uh, take the opportunity to start teaching them God's word. And what we want them to know is that God made them, God loves them, and that Jesus wants an eternal relationship with them. And by teaching them these three basic truths, they're learning that God wants the best for them, that Jesus is always going to be there for them. And these are things that they're going to carry into life with them. Yeah, I think for for me, I mean, I could go on for a while here, the social butterfly and the pastor (laughs) and me. um, I I can see the clock. We won't do that. Um, So uh, I I think uh, just to follow what Brandy said, um, we get this great privilege of cultivating the ground around the seeds that that her and her team are planting. Um, So some of the things that I think we, we really see and we get to praise the Lord for, just this year we've baptized five children. Um, on this campus. And last year on this campus... Yeah, that's just like in six or seven Sundays when you say this year. This year, yeah. 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 Um, Literally. And last year it was in the ballpark of about 25 K through fifth graders who went through the waters of of baptism. So yeah, Yeah. we're we're pretty excited what the Lord's doing up there. Yeah. Yeah, as you can tell, we're kind of meeting students where they're at in their life stage and the phase that they're in. Uh, And uh, we're doing the same thing in youth ministry. I read an article uh, in the New York Post, I believe, uh, they said, we live in the most connected time, the most connected generation through social media and technology, but yet 68% of teenagers uh, feel lonely and that no one knows them. And, and so what, one of the greatest things that we do is we provide a space for them uh, to let them know that they are known and that they do matter. Yeah. And so on Sundays, we have uh, life groups, and those are great and gender-specific, where we have a consistent adult in their life week in and week out teaching them the Bible, uh, allowing the students to talk about their life and what's going on, the, the good things and the bad things, and, and praying with them and, and just kind of being, you know, that, that, that influence that they need in high school. And then on, uh, on Wednesday, we have uh, Youth DU classes, and these are practical classes from a biblical standpoint. Uh, so it's money management, it's apologetics, it's uh, relationships, it's heaven and hell, it's, you know, all these classes that's hitting them where they're at. Uh, from a biblical standpoint. Yeah, I think one of my jobs, too, is that we actually do have a scope and scheme than what we're teaching. So what uh, they learned in preschool was built on in children's ministry, what's in children's ministry, but on high school ministry uh, and middle school ministry. So we have a scope and scheme uh, to what we're doing, which is not just random stuff we're out there. And so it's exciting to be part of that process as well. And we're getting better and better at that each and every year, uh, building on that process. And also, Randy, you know, since we minister to families, we're not trying to connect families to what the perfect family looks like, because we know families look different all around the country, right, and in our church. But we are trying to connect people to what God can do through their family 
uh, in our community and in the world. Amen. That's a good word there. So one last question. We talk a lot here at the Heights about our vision of being in church. The 804 can't imagine being without. So if on the last question, I could bring the Zoom out a little bit. Are y'all involved in that? Do, 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 do we do that with children and youth, try to become that church in the 804? So um, we have been able to incorporate monthly service projects into our DU Kids program on Wednesday nights. Um, You know, we can't necessarily take a group of preschoolers out into the 804 to work on a project, but we can certainly work on projects in the classroom that we can send out into the 804. So um, some of the recent projects that we've worked on um, include a food drive Uh, that we held in the month of January where preschoolers collected food items all month long and then we packed those up in boxes. Um, We talked about what we were doing with them, where they were going, what they were for, and then those actually will be delivered to the Colonial Heights Food Pantry this week. Um, Preschoolers also decorated Valentine's Day cards which were delivered to residents at Dunlop House on Friday. Um, In the next couple of months, we are looking at making busy bags for children at the Children's Hospital in Richmond, um, some care packs for our shut-in members, and also some care packs for military families in the area. So did you know your preschoolers were learning to be the church, to meet needs in their communities, and are not just as a lesson, they're doing it. That's incredible. So, yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things that jump out to me uh, from a, a K through fifth grade uh, mi- kind of ministry area. Um, we, we're doing DU kids as well um, mm-hmm. and, and Windshape, and I really want to put the focus on Windshape. Um, so when we made that transition to Windshape in 2019, uh, I know I and probably some other people questioned the sanity of that decision. How, how could you move away from Vacation Bible School? Uh, particularly when we look at what Vacation Bible School looked like in our church. A significant number of children coming and hearing God's word. Um, and it was very successful on many different levels. But what we knew about our Vacation Bible School was over 90% of the kids who came had some sort of church home. And what we wanted to do was what could we do that would get our ministry into the community and be the church the 804 couldn't be without. And we prayerfully hoped that Windshape would be that. Well, this first year coming out of it, we run the numbers, and about 30% of the kids who came to Windshape did not have a church background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know I had a couple of conversations throughout that week uh, that are a little mind-blowing when you think about them. We had children in our community who had never heard the name Jesus. And we were able to engage those children with the gospel, which we may not have had that opportunity if we hadn't expanded into these new ministries. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and for us as a youth ministry, we've uh, <clears throat> we've taken that, excuse me, we've taken that idea and we said, how can we be a youth ministry that the 804 can't live without? And so we've done multiple uh, 804 projects. Uh, most recently we've done, uh, over Christmas, we partnered with Angel Tree. And Angel Tree, if you don't know, they help uh, kids get a Christmas who normally wouldn't have a Christmas. And uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool if uh, we could help 10 or 12 kids get some toys for Christmas. And lo and behold, our broke teenagers helped give over 25 kids a Christmas. And Amen. that was an awesome thing to be a part of and, and see them do that. We've also, uh, over the years, we've painted, uh, we've painted a hallway at Ettrick. Uh, we've, uh, our life groups, who we meet every week. It's not just a 
meet at the church. It's let's go out and be in the community. They've uh, served at the Dunlop House. They've, they've served at the Chesterfield Food Bank. Uh, we've also worked with uh, Carver, uh, painting some rooms for them. Uh, we've given some, some food to Elizabeth Davis, to some families. Uh, and so we're very involved. In fact, we have an event coming up in May where we're partnering with an a uh, organization called The Place of Miracles. And we're going to really challenge our students to do something really significant in our community. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. yeah I hope you realize we, we don't just say that. Uh, be the church at 804 We try to live it out, and we try to live it out in front of your students as well. And so it always takes opportunity to also recruit new team members, and we need two new team members all the time who, who love Jesus, who love students. And I, I kind of want you to remember something, that every student is just one caring adult away uh, from a better life. And we love uh, the opportunity to do that on a weekly basis. Our volunteers invest in students weekly, and you want to be part of that team. We love that you come on board and be a part of our next generation ministry uh, where we live out uh, our core values the best we know how to do, and we really do. We want to be the church that 804 can't live without, and anything that all of us do up here, uh, like if Brandy's doing something for the food pantry, our children, our youth ministry jumps on board as well to help out with that. So we are really are connected as a team uh, and try to make those things happen in our community. That's awesome. Hey, y'all thankful for them today? Appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. You know, <laughs> to go with this, uh, this illustration of handing off the baton, I'm listening to what they're doing, and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to pick up the pace so I can get the baton. <laughs> To them, I think they're further out than than me. But uh, folks, you know, as we're celebrating a uh, hundred years here at the height, I think it's important to know what is what am I a part of here? What is going on here? How do I need to connect in prayer? How do I need to connect in serving? And, and again, as much as I would say anything here, it, it even is it's it's a mentality. And you know, you think about what we just heard. You know, in the context, we're, we're celebrating a 100-year anniversary. If this core value doesn't happen, you realize we don't have many more anniversaries. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a countdown if this doesn't happen. I think that says something about where every single one. We all have different gifts and abilities. We're all going to be active in, in different ways in different ministries. But 100% of us have to have some engagement with this team and what they're doing. Otherwise, we're pouring a lot of effort into a church that's not going to be here very much longer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're sure grateful in our hundred years of, of all that you've done here through us in raising up generations. I, I think of that video we watched and the, the Hams and the Connors and, and the Wests and just so many others, Lord. Children, children growing up here. And, and going on to live well for you and to serve you and to serve your people. And Lord, I, I think about what we witnessed on the, on the stage here today. And I think may that multiply even more so. God, may we be so faithful with the young people that you've given us to love and to serve and to hand off the gospel, to hand off life in Christ. May we, everyone, be thinking about what role am I playing, what role are we playing in making that happen. And uh, Lord, we ask that you'll bless this value in our church greatly. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.